Hello, and welcome to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. Today's guest is Brandon Cooper. Hey, Brandon, what's going on? Welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. What's going on, brother? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you and I am excited to hear more about you and your business and what you've been doing over the past years. And um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your bio? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Native Detroit, West Side, born and raised, um, Michigan State. Uh, We met at Michigan State University. Um, Background in tech. Uh, Also uh, dabbling into a lot of different industries in terms of intellectual property inventions in my early 20s. But uh, ultimately, tech is at the center core of my passion and been in that since I was 15 from my uncle uh, who got me into computers. So uh, yes, quick background on me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you say inventions and everything like that, are we talking like coding? Are we talking about like robotics? Are we talking about the full gamut? Give me a little bit more information. What do you think? Yeah, I was really just building things like a a child imagination, Mm -hmm. um, just creating hardware products, things that I felt were useful. And a lot of them failed. like anything else. You really just create things and they will still work to this day, but it's really just about time and at a market and Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, but that's what got me into creativity. And then now I channel that into software. Very nice. Very nice. And so what are, what are you working on right now? What is your latest invention or business or tell me about it? Yeah, I'm the co-founder and CEO of AFIT. Uh, we're an artificial intelligence company. Uh, we've created an ecosystem that allows robots to work on our behalf so we don't have to work a nine to five. Awesome. Um, the average person spends over a lifetime 90,000 hours at a job uh, a lot of people don't know that but uh, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about that nobody wants to talk <laughs> about it but uh it really yeah it really just uh, came from working myself as an employee myself and knowing I didn't have enough time and just had to ask myself where is that time going um so I uh, created AFIT after uh, leaving Apple I worked for Apple for as a senior technology advisor for seven years mm. And uh, got with one of my other co-founders and we started a company. Awesome. Very proud of you. Very proud of you. Appreciate definitely. it. Appreciate it. Wow. So when did you know that you wanted to get into business? I would say it was my freshman year in college. And uh, I got a random message from a stranger on Facebook at the time. And um, he's like, yeah, I'm having some people over my apartment. Uh, if you want to make some passive income, it was network marketing. So I know you know what that sounds like. Yes, right? yes, network yes. <laughs> I remember. And uh, there's a couple of people in there. I think it was at least four or five people at the at the apartment. And it was a guy on the TV. He was uh, talking about Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrants. Mm. And the people, the other people that were there, they were laughing and then they walked out. But after that video went off, I, I remember sitting there on the couch. And I stared at the TV. I was staring at the TV. It was off, but I was just staring at the TV. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for because uh, I've I've always been away from the system. I've always uh, been an out-of-box thinker, as you know, uh, you as well. And uh, being an out-of-box thinker has always propelled me into where I am today. So Mm. uh, 
Yeah, that's when I knew. That's when I for sure knew. Um, I've told other people, uh, second grade, I was looking around other students like, why, why are we, why are <laughs> second we grade? I'm like, why, <laughs> what are we doing this for? In second grade. Like mine's, man. Uh, second grade, man. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, and it kind of just went away and I just went with the flow. But then that was the second awakening for me. Mm, very good. Very good. And so is this the first business that you've created or it is? No. No. Um, uh, I would say... So the inventions was a company named with it with one of my childhood best friends, Brian, uh, which stands for why didn't I think of that? And we would just create different inventions, but uh, we created one called at the time it was called the S3, but it was a apparatus that sat on the table for restaurants. If you had chicken bones, so they didn't stack up on your plate or napkins everywhere, you could put them into this device and you didn't have to see it. So as soon as they leave, they would just take it and dump it and then replace it with a with a different sleeve. And uh, I mean, it's still useful today, but it had wet naps on it, ketchup, mustard, salt, pepper. But that was, I would say, our first invention. And then we went on to create uh, Wasted Beer Pong, which is a beer pong app. Uh, it was a mobile application at the time. We were, uh, I want to say, I want to say one of, if not the first of like African-Americans to create a, a mobile app at the time. It was really like, oh, he has a mobile app. So it was really cool to uh, open that up for tech. Uh, and then lastly, we created an app called Proximity, uh, which allow you to walk into a room and you hit search and you can see everyone that's there and you can snag all of their contact information with one button. So you didn't say, hey, what's your LinkedIn? What's your Twitter? What's your Facebook? Right, what's your... Right. Um, you would allow me to see what you want me to see. And I would see Eric Andrews. I would just hit the button and it would grab the information. So these things still work today. Um, but it, again, it's just timing. So I'm okay with talking about the, uh, quote unquote failures. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, a few of the first inventions that we had. That's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful. Um, so as far as AFIT goes, like I get what it is. But I'm kind of interested in knowing, like, I guess, present and then future. So in the next year or two, kind of where do you see that going? How do you see that being implemented? How do you see that working with, you know, what it is, obviously? And then on top of that, in the future, do you already have a vision for how it's implemented and how it's going to evolve with the implementation of the present strategy? Does that make sense? For certain. <laughs> Um, present day over the next year or two, I foresee uh, us having a big community, big ecosystem of people manning the bots per se, like a, a gig economy, people looking for a side hustle. Uh, so the way that it works in essence is you as a user are a robot controller, a digital bot controller. Uh, you guys have seen bots before. They typically have a, a negative connotation to them, but uh, in this case, is working on your behalf because everyone's like, oh, robots are taking our jobs. Well, the only way that we're going to be able to get our time back is if robots do take our jobs. The difference with our ecosystem is you get paid for it after they complete a particular task. Mm. So you would go into a marketplace and choose the bots that you want and you license it out. You pay the developer for that particular bot and that bot works on your behalf. So there's no code involved. You don't have to be technical. It'll track all of your uh, analytics. So how much the robot has earned you as well as how much time it saved you over a lifetime, all in a mobile application. 
Uh, we have it. We have it in private testing right now. Uh, we're going to integrate the payment systems for the subscriptions, mm -hmm. uh, but that's already uh, we're gearing that up to get that going over the next quarter or two, uh, so people can get in and start testing it. Um, a lot of community growth. Uh, we have like Telegram and Twitter, uh, but collectively we have over uh, fifty thousand in our community nice. um, tapped into the AFIT ecosystem. And we're growing. Mark Cuban is subscribed to us, so we, we're you know we're getting a lot of a lot of attraction and, and things happening for us. Um, but yeah, that's over the next year or two. Okay. And then uh, after that, we really just want to be, as I say, the General Electric of AI, hmm. uh, where we start integrating into hardware products as well. And that's more into the future, future. But most of what we're going to do is uh, start digital. Uh, we haven't even announced this yet to anyone in the public. It's the first time me saying this, but we will be tapping into the metaverse as well. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And so like, as far as, I mean, future, it sounds like metaverse could be definitely a good part of the future. So yeah. what do you, how are you going to implement it into the metaverse? Same, same strategy or something totally different? It's a, it'll be a different strategy. Uh, we won't let it out just yet, but uh, people can put <laughs> two and two together a little bit um, for what that's going to look like. But the digital avatars, you'll be able to use that universally throughout uh, various metaverse worlds. Very good. Very good. So say, for instance, I'm just trying to get it, you know, for anybody who's still just trying to grasp maybe exactly how they could use it, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm sure people are like, oh, robots on my behalf. And I'm excited. I, I definitely excited yeah. about that. Um, and definitely getting my time back. So say, for instance, maybe not a realtor, but maybe somebody that works in a call center or works from home or something like that. How do they use these bots to work yeah. for them? Yeah. So if you have a website and you go to a website, there are virtual assistants that pop up and say, Hey, welcome to the website. My name is Eric. How can I help you? Uh, these are all preset conversations that you set up in your web portal with AFIT. So uh, they click certain buttons to say, I'm interested in your service or I want to learn more. And they click the learn more button. It'll say, all right, thanks for selecting learn more. Here's the information on our company. Is there anything else I can help you with? Yeah, I would like to book a time. I want to schedule it. And the robot can say, here's my calendar link. Click here to set up a, a time on my calendar. Meanwhile, Eric is at the gym, working out. Living his life. Uh, living your life. And <laughs> this particular robot is working on your behalf. So now you have almost like a real estate employee, but you've just cloned yourself um, because ultimately you're saying the same thing to new people every single day. It's repetitive and you start adding up these hours. Uh, it's a lot of time away yes. from things that you could be doing, especially if you're a small, medium-sized business. Uh, it's very advantageous for you to leverage your time. Um, so that's just one use case. Other people may have, uh, like that helps with time too. It can also help with sales because that's gonna increase your sales. Um, a virtual assistant can help you increase sales by up to 67%. And then it's also 24 uh, seven robots. Don't get tired. Robots don't call off work. Robots don't get sick. Um, and then other use cases, like people in my family, I have like a cousin, he does trading. He um, will be utilizing the trading bot where it automatically trades stocks, forks, or cryptocurrency on his behalf. So he'll most likely be interested in the trading bot. Uh, but it's really endless. Um, if it's someone who's older and they need a reminder to take their medicine, they can download a medicine bot to say, hey, remember, take your medicine. It's three o'clock. And then you say, 
yes, I just took my medicine and says, great. And then it sends it to the doctor that's attached to it. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. gotcha. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And so how'd you even come up with this? You know? Yeah. Is that, is that, is that, yeah. I, <laughs> I love the question. It, it, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the Nikola Tesla tapping in. I'm, I'm big on meditation. I'm big, I'm big on, as I say, receiving downloads. I believe prayer is an outgoing call and meditation is a download. So it's coming down. Prayer goes out and then receive. And whether you believe in God or not, it can be spirit guides, or you can be the, the collective brain or whatever you want to call it. It's really just information that was downloaded to me uh, when I was meditating one day. And don't call me crazy, but the spirit really just told me we're going to take over from here. And um, AFID was created uh, just from that. Cause I knew I was like, yeah, the, the job workforce, which wasn't for me, uh, but it was more like a how and I said, I wish I could clone myself and have a version of me doing this. So I did, but I still got paid from it. I could be at the beach <laughs> and uh, looking for an insect that could clone it. I was looking for a creature in general that could clone itself. And I stumbled upon this thing called an aphid. I was calling it aphid when I first saw it. Gotcha. Uh, but it's called an aphid. Uh, they drive farmers crazy. They can, the babies are pregnant. They, so they can get pregnant through asexual reproduction, meaning they don't need a partner yeah. to be pregnant. So they have generations of babies already inside them as they're having babies. And they reproduce at a really fast rate. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to call the company aphid. There we go. I'm like, what the hell is it? What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. See, here we go. That's why we're in this having questions answered. I like it. And so you're the co-founder and how many people do you have in your actual, I guess, workforce um, for your particular community? Yeah. So in terms of our internal team, mm-hmm. uh, we're close to uh, about 25 to 30. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so then what is your day to day like, you know, from Monday through Friday? I'm not sure if you work Saturday and Sunday as well, because you're still trying to get things going (laughs) till we get these (laughs) boxes. But so like, what's your day to day like, you know, Monday through Friday, starting from maybe, I don't know, maybe 9am to about six. What is your day to day like? Meditation in the morning. And um, I need to get in the gym is what I need to do. Uh, but yeah, meditation in the morning. Uh, and then it's right to emails, checking in with my team and uh, seeing where we are on certain projects and timelines, putting out fires. So if anything is coming up, it's always something that needs to be done, something that can go wrong. Absolutely. Uh, this is week to week. But uh, in terms of where I am now, as opposed to uh, you know, where we are, uh, where we were a couple months ago is a lot different because we're in the midst of fundraising. So right now it's just a lot of meetings and, and talking to investors um, to close out our C round. Awesome. awesome. And so are you at a stage where you can say that you still like what you do? You still like your day to day or is it kind of like you're just trying to get through it so that you can kind of get to the next phase of being, you know, the owner of this company? I've learned to switch my perspective mm-hmm. and embrace and enjoy this journey Mm -hmm. this is the movie that everyone will be watching Mm -hmm. so god had to make it good and uh, i may not like it Mm -hmm. going through it and i mean it's it's tough right now i'm like okay i've learned i've learned a lesson i'm ready for the fruits of the labor right but uh, i'm embracing the journey uh, because once you win the championship 
you can't win the championship for the first time anymore. Again. You can win again, yeah. uh, but eventually you reach a level where it's like, okay, now what? Right? Yeah, like, I could I could see myself having a big house and all of these different things, and it's like, all right, now what? Right? Sure. Uh, so I'm enjoying this journey. Hopefully, it doesn't go too long, but uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying this journey and uh, want to use it to inspire other entrepreneurs especially the ones who look like me too, Yes. Um, that they can go out and start a company and, and be successful. And I think success is, isn't monetary. It isn't fame. It's success is loving what you do. So yeah, I wouldn't trade what I do for anything at all. I totally agree with that. And I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in, you know, to me, it's kind of the scam or the rules or the whatever you, the allure, but chasing the dollar, right? You know, it's everything's monetary for most people. Happiness is monetary for most people. But at the end of the day, you get caught up in that so much. You can have all this money and still not understand why you're not in touch with yourself. You're not happy. You know, things, it's just like Christmas. How many of us, we finally get what we want. Two days later, you're moving on what you want something else. Right. And so I totally agree with that, that you can't just kind of chase that monetary gratification because yeah. it, it just won't really do that for you. Do we all want money? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But it's, it a zero sum, it's a zero sum game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It can't we always want more. Out. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And that meditation and kind of grounding yourself and bringing yourself back to being grateful and gratitude, it's kind of a really good counterbalance to some of the, yeah. I guess, constant programming that we're given um, about you know big cars or big houses or the most expensive this and that and the other. Because at the end of the day, they're just a hunk of metal. There's a, a hunk of wood, whatever it is. And so if you don't have any value in your day-to-day -day or what you're doing, then your life's probably just going to end when it ends. And then you're just looking like, ah, you know, didn't really enjoy the ride. You know, I didn't, I didn't get the lesson, but you never really tried to get a lesson, you try to get a dollar. So that's a little different. So did you ever see yourself running a company of this scale? Yeah, for sure. Um, Steve Jobs is always someone I, I saw how his energy just carried through. Like he, he has a whether it's Kobe or uh, Steve Jobs or Brady or whoever it may be, they all have something in them where sure. they're masters of their craft. Leadership and um, that's always interests me. So I think running a company was inevitable for me, and I knew I didn't know the timing of you know, when my, like, AFIT is my Apple, right? Like, to Steve Jobs is Apple. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, it happened at the right time. I'm at a, a pretty mature space in my life and right headspace. And my goal now is just to keep that energy balance. And uh, we as a human race have to destroy the ego. I think the more you learn, the more you just want to surrender more of ourselves to, uh, the grand purpose is everything is already written uh, as much as we think we're in control. Uh, it's, it's just a, a simulation. And uh, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm still trying to get that lesson. B. I'm not going to even lie to you, but we are not in control. We're just not, you know, there's very few things that you can control or whatever. But for the most part, if you're spending every day trying to control every little thing, trying to keep your schedule how it is, it you're just going to be mad all the time because you can't control every yeah. little thing in the world. There's so many things working at one time that you were just kind of a small part of, you know what I mean? So 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. And so it's not crazy to you at all that you're running a company. You, this is what you foresaw for yourself. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. You see it, you can believe it. Okay. So what do you wish someone would have told you that would have alleviated a lot of stress during your journey? Good question. There we go. I think you hear really the first thing that comes to mind is just getting a mentor early that can help you escape some of the pitfalls that they have already been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good mentor is, is kind of like been there, done that. Uh, but in, in terms of black tech, this is more of a budding field. So it's not many people there are general business people that can help mentor you but it's different when you're in a budding industry for our people um to look for mentors who have been there done that and they're not on a high horse or um, we deal with crabs in a barrel in this industry too where there are gatekeepers and people who uh, aren't trying to help you they're just like hey how's it going but they're not really trying to say hey let me pull you up a little bit i've been seeing you moving let me try to help this brother out. And um, it's so for me, I was constantly looking for mentors and I attempted and I had to kind of become a mentor myself because I had mentees myself, Um, but I had to become a mentor, unfortunately, and uh, use that to, I didn't want to be what I despise in other leaders. Sure. But I definitely see why people become successful people call them jerks and a-holes or whatever mm. it's because you you work so hard and you um you reach out to so many people and uh, no one's trying to help you uh, help like the saying goes help ain't coming no help help <laughs> is not coming and it's not even you're trying to uh it's like training wheels a little bit where you just like hey a little assistance a little resources yeah. Um, and everything is commercial is people just have titles and, well, yeah, I'm an investor. I'm this, this, and that. And are you a check writing investor? Are you having meetings for the meetings? Uh, it's a lot of fluff out here when people are pump faking. It's, it's not, it's all surface political BS. Yes. And, uh, you have to navigate those and that's, that's what I'm learning. Yeah. So anyone I mentor will save themselves a long time on things that don't actually work. Yeah. Absolutely. And to add to that, one thing I definitely will say is um, I think a lot of us were taught that looking busy or being busy just to be busy is kind of like business. And I I don't feel that that's true. I feel it's inefficient. Um, A lot of people, you may spend all day talking on the phone, right, to four people, five people, whatever, however many people you can cram in a day. But you could probably email six, seven people at one time or, you know what I mean, text and talk to all these different people about whatever subject matter and kind of be a little bit more efficient. And I've just met a lot of people who um, they're more so, like you said, concerned with the fluff, concerned about looking good, looking like they're busy, having meetings to be having meetings because, oh, I got a meeting. Okay, but what are y'all talking about? What are, what's, are you being productive, right? And quite frankly, if you're being productive, then maybe you don't need this many meetings, you know? So I don't know why it does that, but anyway, um, 
so where would you say a person could find a mentor? Because I feel like, you know, I listen to shows or whatever it may be, and people, they say things, but then they never really give you a little bit more in-depth uh, information, like as to where would you find a mentor or, you know, how would you go about maybe enlisting a mentor, especially because a lot of people don't want to help you, you know, um, or the other trap is, oh yeah, I'll be a mentor. And next thing you know, they're trying to like enslave you, you know, or have you working for them or kind of doing their bidding as an internship, which internships are fine, not to say that they're not, but some people will prey on that and kind of use you. So what would you recommend? Yeah, I think finding a mentor is really from, and I'm not a big advocate of, of networking events, but sometimes it's an energy that calls you to a person and you know, you, just, you really just know, say this is, this person will be a, a great mentor to me. Someone who's older, uh, for sure. Not saying that someone younger can't mentor you, but typically the people who are older have more experience than you. Um, so if it's someone that has a good vibe and you may see them on a panel or whatever, and you guys hit it off, that he or she would be a, a great person to reach out for if, if the match is there. You just kind of, you have to go off energy is what I'm getting at. Uh, otherwise, you can do mentoring from afar. There are ways to, because uh, like Gary V or um, you can listen to old Jim Rom or whoever it may be. These people can keep you motivated and can mentor you from afar. They're giving you a lot of these tips and business tips and pockets that you don't have to pay for. So I use the, I utilize a lot of YouTube and mentoring, as I say, mentoring from afar, Eric Thomas, mm. um, you know, mentor from afar for me. And uh, luckily I just, I did a clubhouse panel with him uh, last year. Uh, so yeah, that was big for me because I always looked up to Eric since we oh, met yeah. at Michigan you told me State. about Eric Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, these people give you information that you need but if you can't find anyone that's saying anything to what what you're currently going through then that's when you'll need someone in person but until then you can kind of hack it mm, absolutely i think that's really good information and good advice so then what would you tell people that are looking to get into business so i'm going to break it into two questions general business but i think yours is such a particular niche that a lot of people have no idea where to start or how to crack so if you're just looking to get into business, wh what would you tell these people? And then we'll address the other part of the question. Sure. Yeah, someone's getting into business. Uh, you have to, the biggest thing to establish when you're creating a company is your why. If it's, you're starting a business as a side hustle, as a landscaping company, wherever it may be, you really have to just educate yourself. You have to go to Barnes and Noble, wherever maybe you're just order online. I like hard covers, but I like audiobooks too. But whatever works best for you to learn in that industry of the business you want to start, just soak it up and listen, read that chapter one over and over and over. Don't move to the next chapter. Just read it over and over and over again until you retain it. Because we have, we can go through books, but how much did you retain? Absolutely. I had two, three years of Spanish in high school, and I probably can't have a whole conversation with you in Spanish. Uh, so <laughs> Denzel says the training day is not what you know, it's what you can prove. It's what you can prove. It's what you can prove. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, so can you prove you know what you know? Uh, but that's the first thing to do. And then the why has to be big enough for you to, to stay in that business because when people have an unrealistic expectation of what it takes to really run a business. It takes endurance and stamina. And if your why isn't big enough, you're going to tire out. Peter if you have out. a team, 
You have to keep a team motivated. Can you manage a team? Are you good with people? Are you a jerk? Um, these are things that people don't think about. And then do you have uh, the bandwidth to work a job and work the business at the same time? You don't want to jump from the plane prematurely. Uh, and You don't have a parachute and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make money, thinking that your business is going to make you money. Uh, it's good to leave once you have, um, I don't like safety nets, but I just want to say you have a family. Some people have kids. Listen, yeah. it's a different situation for them trying to get into business because they have mouths to feed. I can't give them the same advice because they can't take the same amount of sacrifices. But uh, people who have ki- don't have kids, they can take a leap and take more risk. Yes. Uh, so if you don't have kids, you can take a lot, take all your risk. I mean, just fall hard if you not to the intent to fall, but just know you can always get back up and sure. it's lower consequence. You can always bounce back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and don't be afraid to fail. You you probably will. And it's OK. It doesn't have to be like the end all be all. You can get down about it, but you do have to get back up. And sometimes your first business ain't going to be the one. Like how many of Never. us have started several businesses and they become nothing? People don't rock with them. They don't interact with them. You know, so yep. it, you just got to keep going and keep trying to reinvent yourself sometimes and, you know, destroy and rebuild. I've destroyed and rebuilt a few companies quite a few times, you know, and only now am I starting to see the success and establishment of what I've been doing over like 10, 20 years, right? And so for some people, of course, it would be a lot quicker, but for many people, it might be about the same. And like you said, if it doesn't have the power to pull you, then you will teeter out, right? And so that's just not really how you should set something up because things are really exciting, usually in the beginning, but eventually business is hard. I mean, the phone calls, the constant phone ringing, the, you know, constant meetings or things that are unexpected, the things like you said, putting out fires all day, every day, it's exhausting, you know, especially if you do have a family and it's not just you or even just a spouse, you know, you also pay attention to them as well. So, yep, absolutely. So now let's address the second part of the question. So for your niche specifically, because this is, it's pretty specialized, I would say. Yeah, for this particular niche, I would just say tech. Uh, artificial intelligence is another realm in itself. Sure. Um, computer science, data science. Um, but for tech, you you have to decide, are you a visionary person? Are you the idea person? Uh, or do you want to be the architect, which is coding? So you would want to learn programming languages and learn how to code. Uh, there are different programming languages out there uh, from you know, Ruby to Python. Uh, you've probably heard of HTML, CSS. We were doing that when we, back in the day when we had MySpace. Sure. Uh, you would copy or Black Planet, you would copy and paste it into your profile. That's code. Yeah. Uh, so people are used to code already, and uh, but it never transitioned to, into, oh, we, we're using it. We weren't creating it. We were just using generators from people who are already coding it. Yes. Uh, so what, what a programmer is basically is you're talking to a computer and the computer only knows how, only knows the language of that language. So you, you let the computer know, like if I speak to you now and I say, uh, you know, that's Mandarin. Mm-hmm. If I say buenos dias, you know, that's Spanish. Mm-hmm. So you know how to, you either say, I don't know Spanish, you're not going to continue back. So the computer is the same way you would say uh, Python. And then it says, okay, I know Python, right. talk to me. Yeah. 
and then you tell it what you want it to do and then it spits that back out into a technical form so anything that you use requires code the iphone uh, your android all of that is is through some type of code even when you make payments at a, a at a particular tar- at target or the grocery store you're using a debit card there's some code running in the background from companies oracle or uh, amazon web services things are processing in the background that you don't see um, that allow things for you to happen so uh, we as a people, especially our consumers, we've never been, uh, for the most part, creators of this. And uh, it's a great opportunity for people to uh, look for different resources online and learn how to code. Uh, there are plenty out there. It used to be Linda, but they got acquired by LinkedIn. Uh, Udemy, Udemy, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, that's it. Code Academy. Code Academy. Uh, yeah, just 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 to learn. Yeah, just to learn different languages. But you have to be built for that. You really have to be wired in for that particular type of life. So yeah. if you're not that kind of entrepreneur for tech, then that means you're the person, the idea person. But you should hire someone who's the opposite of you. So if you're a more left brain person, hire a right brain person. If you're a right brain type of person, you should hire left brain people to offset your thinking. Mm. And so are you the architect or are you the idea person? I am the idea person. I am the visionary person. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I do know programming languages, because um, I'm educating myself as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can get in there if I need to and, and build out a lot of the machine Good. machine learning models and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm in a process of, of doing a lot more on the practical side. So it's really just more me me sharpening my sword on my own. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we have our CTO and the rest of our team that specializes in that. But I, I think the easiest way to summarize that or to, uh, to put that into a box is you should treat it like Ocean's Eleven. You have the hacker. Uh, you have the person that knows explosives. You have the thief. Uh, you, everyone, you have the negotiator. That's your salesperson. Inception, they had the the dreams the person got in the dream, he was the thief. And then you had the person who was the architect who built the worlds. Uh, Ariande was the name in there. Yep. So that's your technical person who creates your website or creates your, your mobile app or whatever it may be. So you can see the examples in the real world. It kind of are Italian job. Look at all these movies of people who specialize in a certain skill set. That should be your team. And what I'm getting at is a team. One man show. When you die, your business will too. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you because I am kind of a one man show. A team is where things happen. You know what I mean? And a lot of things happen at one time and people are starting to make things move. And that's how you scale upwards. Right. Because you're not spending all of your time trying to do everyone else's job like your bots, you're freeing yourself up so that you can think for one and kind of figure out what's your next best move versus just, you know, doing things to be doing things or the fluff or whatever you want to call it. So what would you say is your general entrepreneurial advice to anyone who's just trying to start out and get established in any type of business? Similar to the last question, but I'm feeling like you're probably going to give me a different answer. A shift in mindset and um, grounding yourself before you go out and do the business. So, so it, it, it kind of it circles back a little bit to the why, but I think it's um, just recalibrating everything about yourself mm-hmm. and taking a look at the different paths of where you want to go mm-hmm. and, and and choose what's the reason 
for you to do this particular business. Uh, it's not strong enough for the most part to say it's just money um, because you'll make money and then you'll be like, eh. and then you can lose money and never make any money. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm stressed out. Oh, man. Uh, really just uh, choose something that you love. But I think the bigger pool of people are the people who don't know they're calling. Mm. They don't know why they're here. They don't know what kind of business they can start. Because mm. you can give people ideas, you can do different things, but yeah. again, their their why isn't in it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Because look, you don't have to, you can sell spatulas and make a million dollars. Yeah, you gotta like it though. You, you can you can sell the packaging for for salt and pepper or um, lids for cups or straws and make a million dollars. It doesn't have to be sexy. It doesn't have to be something that uh, uh, that's new. Yes. And at this day and age, it's hard to make anything new anyway. Something stems from something. But um, we have to get out of the habit of saying, oh, I want something to be new. I was just fortunate because I'm a I'm a creative person. I can create things that are a little more out of the box. Sure. Uh, but for other people, it may not be as easy because it doesn't come to them naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so we talked a little bit about books. Um, and I don't know. I'm going to break this probably into two questions, too. We'll start with Robert Kiyosaki because you and I both, that was kind of like the connecting mm -hmm. point for us. Um, what is your favorite Robert Kiyosaki book? Which one do you think? spoke to you the most, but if you were starting off, like which one is probably the best one in your opinion? The best one. So the cash flow quadrants really prepares you for financial education. Hmm. I think that is the most important, the most impactful for me was Rich Dad Poor Dad hmm. um, because it showed you one path of his biological family and then you had the the um the second dad which wasn't his actual dad that was doing things completely different and he ended up going with his non-biological father's path absolutely and um you know that's tough for a dad because some 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 <laughs> parents are very they're, they're hey i'm a doctor you're a doctor too Sure. And there's nothing you could do about it. You're going to go to school and this is what the family's been doing. And some people don't have options. Now, they can kind of do what they want when they get older. Sure. But um, people become the prisoners of their own home, too. Yeah. So I think that's 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 tough. And to I think that's a conversation in itself. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, 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 the cash flow quadrants is really important because we live in that E quadrant all the time. And uh, it's the one that there's no benefit uh, to this, to that quadrant, because you, 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 you could be at a company for 20 years and I gave you 20 years and they just like, oh, we're downsizing. Sorry. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. And yeah. you're just a number. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's just business Absolutely. and um, you can do everything right for 10 years straight. Yeah. Uh, if you cost the, the company $3 million sure. because you made a mistake and hit send in the software or you something happened that you leaked out a picture or something yeah um you're Michael gone Scott. <laughs> <Michael Scott. laughs> one mistake right yeah. exactly no i totally agree i love rich dad poor dad i'd say as far as those books go if you don't know anything about business or you don't know much that's a great place to start it'll definitely 
give you some ideas, you know, on how to think. And I think that that is the biggest change that people can make is oftentimes if you come from a poor family or a family that mismanages money, or even if they have a ton of money, but they just don't know how to manage their money, you're going to probably do the same thing. It's not like something you just pick up without trying to be educated about it. Cash flow quadrant is definitely one of my favorites as well, uh, just because it kind of it starts to give you an idea of where you are, how to think if you are here and if you want to move here and what the differences are. And it just really starts to give you, I guess, some semblance of understanding where you are in the world, in your life, and a good starting point um, to kind of get to launch from. So those are definitely two of my favorite books by Kiyosaki. But overall, what is maybe your favorite book that you've read for business, period? Overall, it's and it's super cliche, but I always think about the genesis is Think and Grow Rich. Hmm. And um this by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. The secret is really the movie on Think and Grow Rich is really just the law of attraction. But um what I didn't get after reading it the first time was it doesn't matter if what you're telling your brain is true or false, it only believes what you tell it. And uh, that is the biggest key for me that I took away from that book is you're, you're only going to exercise what you tell yourself. But another key, I think, for a, a quick gem is people who don't understand how the brain works and we're not taught how our own brains work and that uh, 5% of what runs our show. So is, is on the conscious level. So when people have vision boards and all these different things, it helps, right? But that's only that only accounts for 5% of the show. So when people are like, man, I'm thinking positive, I'm doing this and nothing's happening for me. That's because the subconscious runs 95% of the show. And from the time when you're little up until about the age between like five and seven, maybe seven is the ceiling. This is from Bruce Lipton uh sets the highways and constructs the brain for everything that's going to happen for the rest of your life no so whatever happened to you during your first seven years is what your brain knows and it's now set the precedence for the rest of your life Absolutely. the only way that's why they, that's why they get you in school to keep you conditioned for a certain way of thinking <laughs> yes not every school but just you know well, there are some schools, schools better than those but you know sure. what i mean not bashing education, but uh, the only way to, to reprogram your brain after that is during the state in between when you're awake and you're asleep in the mm -hmm. theta state. Mm -hmm. And you have to, it's a hypnosis method that you can use to program your brain, whether it's recording audio of yourself or listening to someone else. And then whatever it's telling you, it sticks in your subconscious. It's the reason why we know music songs instantly and we can't remember what we remembered in school is because there's something tied into whether it's string theory or have to do it audio and music or how we retain things in the brain sure, sure. uh so that uh, like yeah so you program yourself in between that state and that that's how you reprogram your brain so the subconscious is the audio tape basically that is running in the background now mm -hmm. your 95 percent of the show is different than what's not necessarily different, but it's matching what you really want on your conscious level. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you've ever really tried to change your thinking, you know, like 
consciously, sometimes it hurts. It, and like you have to literally create neural pathways in your brain so that your, you know, your brain can basically decide on how to do new things. And it takes a while sometimes. And so it's not an easy thing to change. And, you know, a lot of people probably, like you said, they start doing it or something like that, but eventually you just kind of shy away from it or it's not working soon enough. And, you know, it takes a while sometimes for your brain to make these uh, changes. It takes, what, 28 days to even form a new habit. So, Correct. you know, you definitely have to just stick with these things sometimes. So. I was going to say that one of the books that changed things for me, and I don't know why, it was this book. It was very simple. It's called The One Thing. And it's like your why. It basically um, is like, what is the one thing that's important? Always basically prioritizing and boiling things down to the one thing you need to be focused on in this moment, in this minute. You can have a list, but you need to choose one thing. Like, And when you finish that, then you boil it back down to a that one thing you finish that you know and that will get you kind of through and it's kind of like your why but you need a reason and you need to be able to kind of refer to that reason and if that's not the reason anymore then you got to kind of pull back and decide you know well what is because maybe you do start a t-shirt company or something like that and maybe it's not banging or maybe it is banging but maybe you just decide you don't want to do it anymore and some of these things are just kind of you have to kind of decide what you like I think a lot of us have been conditioned to like what other people like or what other people say is cool, but maybe you want to do watercolor and somebody around you is going to be like, ah, that's stupid. You know what I mean? You got to do watercolor anyway, and you got to know that you like it. And then from there, you might get a whole business out of it, but you have to first decide what you like and what you don't like. And that'll also help you put your company together because when I was in corporate America, there were a lot of things I didn't like. I don't do them in my company, you know, and, but that's my choice and that's my right. And that's why I started a company because I don't really have a place in corporate America. I don't believe, you know, personally. So um, anyway, those are my big things. And so my last question to you, I know you haven't been here in a while, so I might have to make it really general, but what is your craziest Detroit story? If you don't have a craziest Detroit story that you're willing to share, um, then what is your craziest story or what's your most embarrassing story? Or just, just give me something worth my time great <laughs> <laughs> okay i have a lot of um i have a lot of stories man if you're talking about stories in general non-business related yeah yeah we, you know, uh, we'll get real casual but whatever you want to share you know of course yeah. you have a persona um, that we are concerned about so you know whatever you feel is appropriate um so no one knows this man i don't even care about saying this they will know. <laughs> um, when I was at Oak Park, we were playing basketball, and uh, one of my friends ran up to me, and you know, you know, people play around and they pull your shorts down. <laughs> but when he did, the way I'm saying, I don't even know who it was, because I was like, oh, right, but. Ended up grabbing the underwear too, and it all came down. But my shirt, <laughs> my shirt covered it. But I was like, "Yo, I was like, I hope nobody saw me." But it, it was so embarrassed. I don't even know if anyone saw that or even know this story. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Was it a lot of people in the gym? There was a lot of people in the gym, but I don't, I don't, I don't. I think only the people that were pranking or something was saw it and it was laughing or something. But luckily, man, if my shirt was any 
like any more small. Yeah. Oh man, it would have been out, man. I, you talking about embarrassing? Oh, they would still know uh, you today. Remember that? Remember that Brandon Cooper? Remember that Cooper, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Ch- childish, childish stuff. Man, that stuff sticks with you too because yeah. uh, I had that happen to me too. Actually, I was on top of a hill though, you know, so at a park, and somebody did them. So looking around at everybody at the park, like, ah, oh, man. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty embarrassing, I must yeah. say. Gotcha. All right. So, a quick word from our sponsors Is worker real estate getting you down? Are you feeling burned out or depressed? Well, there's a solution you can use right from the comfort and privacy of your own home computer. Center for Establishing Recovery is Metro Detroit's leading provider for e-therapy. If you're in need of a listening ear, contact Center for Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. Again, that website, Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. If you have a question or topic you're interested in having us discuss or are interested in coming on as a guest, advertising, real estate services, or sponsoring an episode, go to brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Again, that website, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Brandon, is there anything you'd like to share before or promote before we end? Any links or websites? You know, this is your opportunity. Yeah, if anyone who wants to sign up for the AFID mobile app beta, you can go to AFID.io, A-P-H-I-D.io. Just enter your email, and then uh, when the mobile application is available for you, you can go in and test it. Uh, but yeah, just stay inspired for all the entrepreneurs that's listening. Just uh, just don't quit as much as you can. Just keep swimming. Awesome. 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 Well, that's it for today. You've been listening to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many professionals that I could find. As always, don't just dream, build your dream. Follow us on Instagram at Brick and Mortar DET. For everything else, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Brick and Mortar Detroit podcasts and newsletters reflect the opinions of only the authors who are associated guests of podcasts and do not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. They are for informational purposes only and are not a recommendation of an investment strategy or to buy or sell any home, security, or asset in any market. They are also not research reports and are not intended to serve as the basis for any investment decision. Any third-party information provided therein does not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of their subsidiaries or affiliates. All investments involve risk, including the loss of money, principal, and past market performance does not guarantee future results. We always recommend you enlist a professional entity for any investment decision you may be considering.